0: E-S-N-Y. Again, uh, you know, gearing up and, and getting closer towards the finale of the NBA playoffs. We're in the conference finals right now. Um, rolling as always with Chip Murphy. Chip, what's going on, man? How you doing?
1: I'm good, man. Happy to be talking basketball again. Like you said, we haven't done one in a while, so feeling good, uh, even though we had to watch the Jets again yesterday. Oh, yeah, I know you. I'm sure you were watching that, but uh I'm happy to be moving on from that for at least right now. I don't have to think about the Jets. Yeah, so I know you watched too. It was I didn't even want to bring it up for
0: the show. No, it's 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 fine. I, I mean, listen, man. I was. It's funny because I was watching both games because I'm I'm my Giants Saquon went down for the year, so uh, that that is uh, a quite yeah. quite the rough blow. Um, but yeah, it, as two Knicks fans will tell you, the Jets franchise is probably you know, one of the few that knows the the heartache and pains as as much as we do. Um, But we are talking about neither of those teams tonight. Uh, Instead, we are pumped uh, to be talking some Orlando Magic basketball. And in order to help us, we have the president of the Close Up Magic podcast, uh, Stephen Cameron. And if I I said that incorrectly, please uh, correct me for sure. Stephen, what's going on, man? Thank you for coming on to the pod.
2: Ooh, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, you, that's great. Yeah, closeupmagic.com. Uh, that's the website and podcast, and uh, I'm happy to talk Magic Basketball. Thanks for having me on. I'm sorry that we had a little complications with getting the schedule going, but uh, you know, third time's the charm, and now we're here, we're doing it,
0: so I'm stoked. Absolutely. No worries at all, um, and I think the best place to start is, is with you. Uh, whenever we have guests on the show, you know, we always love to pick people's brains and, and just kind of figure out, you know, how did their fandom start? Um, what's the genesis of that? You know, you, you know, some fans are transplants that move to certain places; others just grow up uh, supporting the team that they support. So, how did you start uh, your kind of journey as an Orlando Magic fan?
2: Yeah, good question, Jeffrey. Um, my so long story short, my family moved to Orlando in '99. And, um, at that point I was, I was, uh, I was nine years old and, um, magic games were very cheap back then. You could get those tickets for like 10 bucks. And that was like a fun, cheap, uh, father and son day that my dad would do for us. Uh, we didn't have a lot of money back then. So going to a magic game was like a lot of, it was like the excitement as a, you know, 10 year old kid, 11 year old kid getting ready to go watch basketball with your dad in an, in an arena and I'm sitting up high, but you know, even, yeah, even back then in 99, 2000, um, you know, th- those years were still pretty packed, but once we kind of started transitioning away from Shaq and Penny and getting into those Mac years and the heart and hustle years of the magic squad, um, the arena was pretty empty and we would get like the highest level tickets and then just go scoot our way down to the lowest part of the upper bowl, or sometimes even scoot into the upper part of the lower bowl mm-hmm. and just watch basketball. And that's sort of where it all started. Um, been a diehard ever ever since. Uh, definitely a few years in my late teens, early twenties, where I kind of dipped off a little bit. Um, but for the most part, followed the team fairly religiously. Um, about six years ago, I moved from Orlando to California and in, uh, in Oakland in the Bay Area. Right at the start of the hype of the Warriors, where they won their first championship in 2015, and I had no one to talk Magic basketball with. Everyone wanted to talk about Stephen Curry and Clay Thompson, as they should, because an amazing team, as we all know. Um, but I didn't have anyone to talk my, my fandom with. So about four years ago, um, a friend and I, we started a podcast that lasted for two seasons. Uh, that was a fun podcast, but a not sustainable podcast. It was called 40s at 7, which is Orlando's area code of 407. We would drink a 40 ounce and talk about basketball. He was in Atlanta. I was in uh in oakland and it just uh like i said it was a lot of fun but not sustainable to do that much drinking and talking about basketball i I can see why especially as we aged into our 30s right um and so then about two years ago i wanted to take it a bit more serious and uh started the close-up magic and started off as a podcast uh as a solo host just getting different guests on to talk about the magic um we've we've done pretty well within our first two years and uh did so well after the first year and I had some really passionate uh, fans of the show that wanted to get involved. So we expanded to a full website at the beginning of this uh, 2019, 2020 season. Um, And we've, you know, we post articles right now. We're working on draft content for the upcoming magic season. Um, We have a crew of, I think there's like nine of us now um, that jump in and we post an article not as often as we should, but probably like once or twice a month. And, um, you know, podcast about twice a month and yeah, we've, we've had a couple fans on, uh, we've had some players on, we've had some other media people on and just, you know, just try and talk magic basketball authentically without censorship and any, any form of agenda from either a fan perspective or or a team perspective and just kind of let, let things happen. So it's been fun, but that brings me here today and, uh, yeah. Thirty-one years, or really, I guess I can't count my first ten years of being a fan, but like uh, you know, 20, 21 years of being a Magic fan, and now, now here I am. So it's been, it's been a lot of fun, a lot of up years, a lot of really, really down years, and uh, hopefully we're on the up and up.
0: Yeah, then yeah, uh, that's that's awesome, man. And I can also attest and and probably relate. The OE hits you a little different after uh, mm-hmm. after forty. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> definitely, you, you don't recover. That that Monday is 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 pretty yeah. rough um but that's that's just that's an awesome idea and and yeah like you're saying it's it's not very sustainable but pretty pretty cool for coming up with it in the first place um, but yeah I think that's a good place to kind of transition into into the meat of our of our magic talk um, you know a very interesting season right i i believe thirty three wins uh, another first round exit you know kind of that glorified Five game sweep that people talk about, but the Magic uh, won that first game um, against the Bucks, which I think had a lot of people excited. But they're they're a very interesting team, right? But I think the the best place to start is just two first two seasons of first round exits. Uh, obviously, tough opponents, the Raptors and the Bucks. Um, the Magic finished with their best defensive rating in the last four seasons. You know. Busevich had a really nice uh playoff run there. Jonathan Isaac getting hurt is is a massive blow to the franchise. Um it's it's a general and vague question, but like when you think of the 2019-2020 Magic season, what are, what are the first initial thoughts that come to your mind?
2: Man, um it sounds a little depressing, but right now I'm going to say like disappointment. Uh and and what if, right? We we went from the eighteen nineteen season to having some of the fewest injuries in the league, um, where I, th- I don't remember exactly how many, but it was like record breaking how ma- how much our starters are actually to be able to stay together and cohesive without having disruption in the starting lineup due to injury. Um, and then this year, we just had injuries from I think within the third week or something like that. Al Faruq Aminu. Went down um, after 19 games, so not like within the first month or so. So not not very far deep until we had like our first major um, uh, our first major injury, and then you know Lusavich went down for ninth or like 11 games, and Evan Fournier had a few injuries. Gordon Gordon, Just, Gordon missed some
0: time as well.
2: Gordon,
1: yeah, Isaac. Augustine, too. Augustine, yeah, Augustine too. Everyone
2: everyone has missed time on this team, and the only one that didn't miss time was Markel Fultz. Uh, you know, Mark Holt-Fultz didn't miss hardly any time, and that's the one everyone was questioning, like, is he going to be healthy this season? Can he even play? And he's the one that, like, made it happen. So it was a really, like, weird season, Um, you know, because Jonathan Isaac had some great moments at the beginning of the year before he before he hurt his knee. And then, you know, started the bubble, he's looking phenomenal. You know, this first couple of games, it was just – was looking fantastic they are like oh we have our savior back um and and yeah it's just just a bunch of what ifs um there's definitely a lot of positives to to be able to take away and we can get into that um as the conversation goes on but yeah i'd say like what if right If, if our roster had a few less injuries um you know if aaron gordon uh and jonathan isaac were playing in the playoffs would we have gotten a couple more wins would we have pushed the bucks to six or seven games instead of um, you know, sweeping five essentially. So, um, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. That's kind of my first initial thoughts of the season. What if, what if.
0: I think a good place, uh, to go from there, you know, one, I, I'm always interested in talking to other, um, writers, you know, content producers about, you know, the coaches of their teams specifically, you know, I mean, everyone from the outside looking in, it's easy to, to see things one way or another, but for the people who really follow the team passionately, um, you know that, that leads me to Steve Clifford obviously. So I in looking at some of the stats in, in preparation for the pod you see that um, the magic get criticized quite often for their lack of offense. Um, he's only been the coach for two years but it doesn't really seem that the offense has improved much during his time there. They, they do have a pretty strong defensive reputation, which is great. Um, but how do you think those injuries factor into how you view and evaluate Clifford as a coach? Do you think that, hey, well, listen, if, if we have, um, if we're at full strength a little bit more, this team might have reached um, a, a different version of its ceiling? Uh, what, what are your overall thoughts on Clifford as, as a coach for this team?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so, Clifford is a flawed coach, but I don't know if there's a much better replacement for him right now, given uh, the realistic candidates and and the, the roster construction that we currently have. Um, we can start with the offensive struggles. Well, actually, let's let's start on a positive note. We're going to talk about the defense. Who would have thought you could have his first season? Let's jump back to eighteen nineteen for a second you can have a team that finished with the eighth best defensive record in the league with DJ Augustine and Nikola Vucevic as starting players on your rotation. So if you can do that and cover up a, a point guard, that's like 511 six foot and DJ and Vucevic who has known to not be like a rim protector um, and still have a top 10 defense uh, you can, you can do just about, Anything defensively, if you can do that. So, um, I give uh, Steve Clifford a lot of credit with being able to scheme and plan for the, the weaknesses of the of the of some of our players' defensive abilities, and still be able to come competent and competitive in that aspect. Almost every single game, um, regardless of injury, for the most part, we're able to there's definitely games we get blown out and our defense sucks, but for the most part we can like bounce back and he can find a rotation and bring it, get the guys to bring a specific defensive energy every, almost every game to make us, you know, a top 10, two years in a row, which is fantastic. Um, all, you know, he's got, he definitely has like, he's slow with, with some of his in-game adjustments, um, which, which is definitely annoying as a fan. Um, could we have maybe gotten another game out of the playoffs this year if he was a little bit different with some of his in-game adjustments? Possibly. Yeah, that's definitely a question that's fair to ask. Um, you know, some of his lineup, uh, lineups that he chooses to throw out there are can be questionable at times. Um, uh, particularly the first year, why, um, you know why? Why certain guys are in the rotation in front of other people and stuff like that. Um, now, as far as offense, yes, we've we've had a bottom ten offense two years in a row, and it sucks. We show flashes of of getting hot and hitting shots, but mm. for the most part, I don't blame that on him. Um, I'm sure he might be able to do a few things, or another coach that's a little bit more offensive-minded could do a few things to make us a little bit better. But I don't know, given the current roster that we have, if we would ever be above a, you know 20th in, in, in the league in the offensive rating. Um, because if you look down the league at a whole, and you go down team by team, roster by roster, and you look at the teams that don't have a true number one option or a guy who's going to grow into that number one offensive, like bucket getter who can close out a game. The magic are basically one of the, like one of four teams that don't have that guy figured out yet. Um, Vucevic is, is nice, but he's really like a second or a third option on most, on most competitive teams for for scoring. Evan Fournier should be uh, a team's third or fourth person. Um, Markel Fultz is, is way too young and he's still figuring himself out. Um, and then you have Aaron Gordon who is just kind of inconsistent and we don't have the roster around him to let him be his at, at, at his fullest strength. He needs to be around a, a roster with a lot better consistent shooting and we just we don't have that for him. So he has to do a lot more than he should in that aspect as well. So we just we don't have the talent level to, to get this team to the offense that they need to be to be, you know, at least league average, in my opinion. So um, that that kind of falls more on the front office. But overall, I I like Steve Clifford. I think if you look down the roster over the last two years, almost every single player has had a career year in in some aspect. Um, You know, Vucevic making an all-star and averaging 20 and 13 the last two years in a row. Um, You know, Jonathan Isaac getting Defensive Player of the Year recognition, within the first half of the season and leading the league in blocks and steals combined. Like that goes on coaching. Mark how going from, is he going to play to being a starter after six games and playing healthy? And for the most part, well, he, he had a little bit of a, you know, rookie wall. If you consider this his rookie season, uh, you know, a couple times throughout the year, but like he did pretty well. Um, you know, Evan Fournier before the bubble, he had his best year ever, um, you know, DJ Augustine had a great couple good consistent years uh, of shooting and we can go down the list uh, of almost everyone on this roster in the last two years that has been a major player um, or even some of our, you know, tail end guys on the roster uh, of that. He's been able to like squeeze a lot of potential out of. Um, and, and when you have that, it's, it's great. Um, there's definitely question marks. He's not perfect, but overall I think he's, he's done pretty well. Um, you know, if we had a CJ McCollum or Bradley Beal on this roster, we could probably be a lot better um, offensively. But we just don't have that that type of closing talent. So, um, yeah, yeah. I hope that answers your question, not not too boringly, but I yeah, that's kind of how I feel about him.
1: No, you brought up that word potential, and I know everyone wants us to talk about because we have Nets fans who listen to this show. So we will talk about Aaron Gordon. Yeah. But What I really what I really want to ask you about is. Why won't Steve Clifford play Mo Bamba? Because I love Mo Bamba.
2: <laughs> Man, that's that's such a good question. I love Mo Bamba too. Um, there, there's a lot of complications with Mo Bamba. One is he is just – he was so raw, so, so raw. And um, then he, he got drafted to a year where our center – Probably, like, the front office probably did not expect him to play as well as he did, and he made an all-star team, and then he stayed consistent his second year for the most part. He dipped a little bit in the beginning, like, the first month or two, but, like, for the most part, he played, you know, Nikola Nikol was almost just as good as it was the previous year. So uh, when you're playing it behind a, you know, a 20 and 30 guy, like Nick Vucevic, who's also giving you, like, five assists a night, it's, it's just hard to find that kind of playing time. Um, but, I mean, Bamba averaged... I think he averaged like 14 minutes a game this year. Um, he was the backup center the entire year. Um, one thing that a lot of people get confused on is why Mo Bamba didn't start when Vooch went out. Um, and that's mostly because Nick, or, uh, Coach Clifford doesn't like to break up lineups too much if he doesn't have to. So we, we've seen it like in previous years too when – you know, uh, Evan Fournier goes out. Instead of moving up Terrence Ross, he just brings in our third string, like, shooting guard, small forward, and Wesley Owundu to, to start. Or Michael Carter-Williams will bring them up. And so that way that second unit stays intact. Um, but, yeah, Mo Bamba, you know, I love the kid, but he often shows, like, lack of court awareness in some aspect. Now, he's made good improvements on that, but he still has times where he gets, like, a little lost. Um, and I, I think there was like an unofficial minutes restriction on him this year too, that like was sort of unspoken where it's like, Hey, his
1: conditioning is a little, yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the, and the, the bubble was a whole different story. I'm just talking like before bubble, Uh, Mm -hmm. you know, he, he came in with a little bit of conditioning at the beginning of the month, at the beginning of the season. Then he got that, he got that up fairly quickly within the first month or so. Um, and was playing pretty well. I mean, he did make some good strides. He didn't, you know, he looked less lost on on defense. A lot of the times, he was in the right spot. Um, you know, whether he was blo- making blocks or or you know doing help defense, like he was, he looked a lot less lost. Um, offensively, you'd like to see him be a little bit more aggressive. Um, out, you know, taking guys a little bit on the block a little bit more. Um, you know, being a little bit more uh, yeah, threat available for like lobs, but. I also think him and DJ Augustine aren't a great pairing to compliment each other. DJ, DJ never looks to like throw lobs for the rolling big man and stuff like that. And that's just really frustrating when you have Bamba who should be rolling to the rim and, you know, stretching the floor, hitting threes. And, uh, you know, you saw his three-point potential this year. He shot 35% from three and honestly probably has the nicest release on the team, like or the second nicest. It's, it's, his stroke is beautiful from, from the arc. It's, it's great. Um, but, yeah, you know, I, I think a lot of it comes down to conditioning and not wanting to give him too much responsibility too fast when things are already, like, kind of mixed up in his head on, on, as far as the speed of the game and stuff like that. Um, I think a lot of people thought he was going to be a two-year project, and I think what we're finding, out is he's more of like a three-year project, and we won't mm-hmm. see him really like be a, a who he really can be until like year four or five. So yeah, yeah.
1: So you brought up DJ Augustine too, and I actually just happened to uh, release a, and you just smiled when I said his name. So he's <laughs> a very polar. He's very polarizing because I was I'm doing a free agency thing. He's uh, the Nets.
2: The he's going to the Nets. Yeah. Or, yeah, the Nets or the Knicks. He's go- I think he's going to the Nets next year, but we'll see.
1: Oh, you think so? Yeah, yeah I him think...
2: and Katie are good friends.
1: Oh, they are. I
2: didn't yeah, even they know went, that. They I went know. to college he... together. Oh, that's right. Yeah,
0: that's right. true. Yeah.
2: And, and and DJ was on one of the Thunder's teams, but I mean, honestly, either New York team could use them.
0: Oh, to absolutely. Be quite, to be
2: quite honest, yeah, uh, he's like he's like a solid, just like locker room leader. Um, I wouldn't actually be surprised if the magic like attempted to retain him in some aspect, but I feel like he might want to go to more of a winning situation. Um, but yeah, DJ, like
1: let's, so you like him for the, for the Knicks? I'm completely torn on him right now. Cause I, when I wrote about him, I was kind of leaning more towards him. And cause you know, he's like you said, with the locker room presence, I think he'd be great for us, especially like a guy like RJ and, Neil specifically oh, yeah. really Neil Akeena. And, and his and, and, shooting can too. And, and
2: help cover up his like defensive issues too. Because Yankee yeah. Smokes is like he's a killer on defense.
1: Yeah, Maybe he's nice amazing pairing. on defense. But then I was looking at like some of the stats and stuff that you notice when you watch the game. It's like he's led the league in uh, dribbles per touch and seconds <laughs> per touch. In the past like two seasons, and I'm like, wow, I knew he held the ball a lot, but I didn't know he held the ball that much. Wow, like that really stands out for he's like up, he's ahead of like James Harden. That's it's insane. really shocking to see that there. They got to pump the ball up after every quarter when DJ plays. You know, he
2: loses that much air, and he's dribbling it, to be honest. That's one of the frustrations with him on the Magic is, is, is the ball doesn't move often, you know? Um, he, he's He's really that slower methodical half-court guy. Um, you know, he's in his mid-30s now, so he doesn't have, like, that super athletic explosiveness that he used to have to be able... I mean, not that he was ever, like, this amazing, like, explosive point guard, but, you know, he's in his mid-30s now, so he's a little bit of a slower, slower-paced guy that really just likes to break things down in the half-court, um, which is fine, but... And he he has decent court vision, but he just he likes to dribble that ball. It's, it's in his hands. And I don't know how much of that is coaching, or how much of that is him. Um, I'd have to look back at how he was in some of his previous years. If he was like that before he came to the Magic, he
1: He's always been toward yeah, the top ten. Yeah, yeah he's always he, been in the top ten.
2: That that's that's one of like Magic fans' biggest frustrations with him is the ball just sticks. It doesn't like you know. It, it rarely do you see like beautiful passing where multiple people are hitting the ball, you know, touching the ball with him on the court.
1: Yeah, well, you mentioning that he doesn't look to throw lobs is not. Great. I would hope that he would change his stance on that if he were playing with Mitchell Robinson or in Brooklyn with Jared Allen or DJ. Like, but uh, I, you guys have lob threats in Orlando too. So, so that's so that's weird. I mean, geez, that that is strange. But, you know, you guys have like my one of my
2: favorite lob throwers ever is uh, Alfred Payton. He old school magic guy. You know, a few years ago, um, he is obviously a flawed point guard, but. Uh, him and Aaron Gordon, they used to connect for so many lobs. It was so fun. Really, and then when they traded, oh man, they it was like two or three a game. You'd see them connecting on lobs, and then right afterwards, they had this like they'd go up and give each other the X uh, forearm uh, connection, and it was just it was a lot of fun. And then we traded him because he just wasn't the right. You know, they didn't want to continue investing in him, which is fine. Um, and you just don't see that. I mean, Aaron Gordon will always get up, and and DJ will throw him some, but you just didn't see it as frequently. Um, Aaron Gordon got up for you know a good amount with 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 DJ. It's it's not that he doesn't throw him. It's just you would think with Aaron Gordon and Mo Bamba and you know Jonathan Isaac and all these other high flying guys that we had, like even Terrence Ross, that you could you could uh, you could you could get them some more open looks a bit more. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. He's a good guy, though. I mean, honestly, any 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 team could benefit from his his shooting, his his leadership. Um, and, and really, like, I would not be surprised if the Magic retained him just simply for his his veteran leadership in the locker room and his stable voice, because he does keep like he keeps the younger guys in a good, calm space and, and helps and helps you know just keep everyone together. And you know, he, he knows how to not get overwhelmed during a, during rough games too, which is great.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm definitely interested to see um what his free agency looks like, you know, especially uh post COVID and and how the salary cap is impacted and um who gets offered what. It may make sense if if there isn't a big deal out there for for DJ just to s- stick with consistency. Um, you know, if, if the Magic want to retain him, but uh, Stephen, you were also talking about Aaron Gordon. He's kind of like a part of my my next question here. Like the magic, um, and if you don't feel this way, you know, certainly let me know. But I just feel like they're caught between a couple of different paths and and philosophies in terms of like how they want to build their team. If you look at their salary cap, they do have some not a lot of long-term deals, but but some money tied up in some some players going forward. They have a fair amount. Of um, youth on their roster and guys that they've drafted high and that they want to invest in, um, but I'm looking. It's like they they have the, some of those young guys have a future payday coming up, at, but there's also players on the roster right now who um, have future years tied up. So between, I mean, there's Evan Fournier, Terrence Ross, um, Gordon, I you know Vucevic. Do you expect any uh, major trades for the Magic this offseason? If you had to bet money, of the players I just mentioned, who will be here next season, and and who is likely to maybe not?
2: I'm a bet man. I like to gamble. So, Nikola Vucevic is here. Chip two. Yeah, yeah. Nikola Vucevic is here. I I I think Mo needs one more one more solid year of just like growth and 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 not just playing like 15 minutes but playing well enough to deserve 20 to 20 you know to 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 give Vucevic some time to rest more, you know um you know push for 20 plus minutes a game would be awesome um and I just think he's he's just raw like if we were to trade Vucevic this summer uh there would be you know they'd still have to get another like at least another one year stop gap for from um uh, in my opinion um, so uh, let me let me back this up a little bit. The, the, basically, Jonathan Isaac's injury uh, completely changes everything. Um, from going from a team that uh, Jonathan Isaac was looking awesome, we were basically everyone was projecting that Aaron Gordon was gone this offseason. season. They're, you know, they they uh, looked like they were trying to trade him this past deadline. Um, there was a lot of rumors around him, uh, with a few teams, but got really close Apparently, with the Suns, They almost made a deal out. I think it was Kelly Oubre, and, like a Kelly, Kelly Oubre Jr. Eric Gordon swap, um, with probably some other defining lines that I don't really know about, but, uh, that seemed to be the basis of it. Um, so our front office has come out and said that, you know, nothing is off the table. Um, they always want to try and compete. I don't expect them to go full tank, rebuild, sell off every single asset. Um, if anything, I think we're going to see more of like a soft reset, if that sort of makes sense. And I'll explain that. Um, I think Vucevic is basically, you I mean, they'll, they'll make some phone calls, but I don't think they're going to be like, Aggressively trying to get him off the team if there's just not a good, the a good right deal doesn't make sense. Evan Fournier, I think everyone would love to see him opt in, and then they do like a draft day trade, or maybe a little bit more realistic, like a deadline trade this coming year. Um, Aaron Gordon is the question mark, right? Um, there is less pressure to trade him this summer because uh, Jonathan Isaac's injury happened; he's going to be out all of next season unless some miracle happens he's just recovering extremely well but they they basically announced that he's just going to be gone they're not planning for him um so the the need for Aaron Gordon to be here and also the ability for him to play his more natural position at the four is is you know it's it's a need outside of him if we were to trade him depending on who comes back we have al Aminu, who just came off, uh, I believe it was like an MCL injury. Uh, he was out all year. And then we have our, our rookie combo forward, uh, Chuma Okiki, that we drafted last yep. year. and will be signed this year. So we don't really have a lot of power forward depth anymore. Um, or like proven power forward depth anymore. So um, I think Aaron Gordon is like this team's best trade chip right now, outside of Jonathan Isaac, who's untouchable. Um, I, I think Aaron Gordon is the team's best trade chip. His salary next year is 18 million, then it goes down to the following year to 16.4. Uh, so there's it's a nice team-friendly deal. Yeah, super friendly, declining. Um, you know, his shooting numbers weren't great this year. Like I think he averaged like 14 or 15 points a game. Um, but he, if you were to stick him on a team with like a lot of really good shooting and he didn't have to shoot the three as much like it would he would fit right in it it would be he'd be a phenomenal phenomenal person on on a lot of teams that already have a couple of like solid three-point shooters and he can just focus on slashing and attacking the basket and hitting the open shot when he gets the ball um and not having to be like that secondary um you know playmaker slash secondary option uh he should just kind of be he he needs to be that like Draymond Green guy that you just play within the flow of the offense, right? You know? Um, can definitely be aggressive offensively, and I think he's got a lot more offensive potential than Draymond Green has. But just kind of like you're probably not running too many plays for him. He's just kind of slashing and attacking when he gets the ball. Um, you know, catching lobs, hitting the open three. Um, you can run a few plays for him because he can bully in the paint a little bit, but like he's just such a big body, but you know, he's just he can fit so well in so many teams if they have three-point shooting. The Magic just don't have three-point shooting. So um, that's that's like a big weakness for him. But circling back on that rant I just went on, uh, will Aaron Gordon be on the Magic roster next year? I'm going to say maybe, and I know that doesn't answer your question. Um, they're not going to be in a rush to, to trade him because um, his value will be, as long as he's healthy, it will be just as high, I think, at the deadline than it will be this summer. Um, And we might even get slightly better offers this at the deadline with teams trying to make like a, you know, all in playoff push or, you know, a middle tier playoff team trying to get to the the upper tier. You know, they might get a a, a better offer, but who knows, this off season is going to be so crazy. Not a lot of teams have cap space, caps going down, the free agent market isn't very good. So I think it's going to be very trade friendly. Um, So that right deal could, could very well open up and he could be gone. So I don't have a great answer for you. I'm
0: sorry. <laughs> no, that's, that's fine. And, and actually, uh, one follow-up with that um, yeah. that I'm really interested in. Um, as, a, as a Knicks fan, and I know Chip's kind of heard about this conversation as well, there's a there's a, a, a fairly large contingent of fans that you know would like us to maybe take on some salary. Um, and if, if we could get an asset attached to that, great. Um, just based on where we are in our development. As it as it kind of pertains to Evan Fournier, do you see him? And I forget whether he has one year or two years left on so the deal. So he has one
2: year player option. He's he's got okay. his last. He can opt into next year for seventeen million. Um, so it's totally up to him. He can be a free agent this summer if he wants, or he can opt in and. Oh wow! No okay.
0: Contract? Yeah. Huh. I mean, I think he'll probably opt in. I mean, I I don't know. You know, I don't think anyone's going to give him seventeen mil on, on in this market, especially. Um, do you think? I mean, it's interesting. I know over the years, the value of the expiring contract hasn't been as high as it has been in the past. But do you think that the Magic would have to attach um, a pick to him to get rid of that, that deal or not really? I
2: don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. He's, I, I mean, his bubble performance was not great um, at all. Uh, but I mean, he had some sicknesses he was dealing with, he had like a shoulder injury. But his lat, like, outside of that, his, I mean, he had a phenomenal year this year, super efficient, uh, shooting the three at, like, 40, 41%, um, uh, scoring, like, 18 points a game. Um, Let me just pull it up for sure so I'm not talking too incorrectly. Um, But, yeah, it was 18 points a game, shooting uh, 39% for for the season, but for three on six attempts per game. Um, you know, just, he had a great year, 81% from the free throw line and, uh, he was getting in the free throw line, you know, about three times, a game, three times a game. He doesn't get there. I'd like to get him, see him get there at least four or five, but like three's not that bad. Um, so I don't think, I don't think he, he I don't, I think he we would get enough interest from a, a teams where I don't know if we're going to get like a mind blowing offer. Um, but I don't think we'd have to attach like a pick or anything to that to get to just get rid of him. And I don't think the magic are in a situation where like we already struggle enough for shooting right to where like if it's just a sal I don't think they're interested in salary dumping Evan this year. Um, you know, if the trade is right and they can get something good in return, awesome. Um, but I don't think they're just gonna try and dump them just to open up cap space because I I don't really see anyone they're trying to sign in kind of a weird year when our you know, our future player is injured and not going to play. Um, you know, I think they'd rather like wait it out till the deadline or potentially even just let them walk or see if they can get them on like a, a cheaper extension or something like that um, than, than, you know, salary dump them. So, um, yeah, they seem to like they seem them like a little bit.
1: Okay, uh, I want to ask you, we talked about Augustine. I want to ask you, and a little bit about Fournier. And yeah. Fournier, Fournier's out of their control, obviously. He has a player option. Sure. But two guys who they can make a decision on are MCW and Wessa Yeah. So I wanted to ask you what your take is on those guys and what you think Orlando will do with them.
2: Dude, I would love to bring
1: back MCW.
2: Um, I know he doesn't shoot the ball very well uh, behind the three, but I mean he just brings it every single night defensively. He is that guy that just never stops. Um, he, he's phenomenal. Um, he, he's like the perfect tenth man, and and he can play one through four, uh, one through three. Uh, he gained a lot of weight and bulked up so he could so he could guard it and, and defend better on on, on on small forwards, and he did it very well. Um, he's He's the kind of guy that offensively, he's not going to make a change like a, a change in the game, but defensively, he can change the outcome of a game with his defense. Um, he's like that impactful defensively. Sometimes, like he's making game-winning defensive plays at the end of games. So, um, I would I would love for we don't we don't have very many like I hate the term saying you know dogs are playing with chips on their shoulder like I, I'm really not a fan of a lot of those types of sports terms but like he fits all of that and we don't have a lot of that uh, so I would love to give him like a you know like a nice two or three year option like an option on the third year kind of deal um, just to you know let him feel like Orlando's his home for a bit more less one do he's he's great um, I, mean, I mean he's not great he's a nice young player uh, I think he's like 25 now yeah um, or twenty four, he's yeah, he's actually a little bit on the older side, even though he's only been in the year in
1: the league for three years. Yeah, he was so. an older rookie, yeah. Yeah,
2: he played I think all four years in college. So he's mm-hmm. twenty five. Um I you know, I'm kinda of like I like Wesle do, but if James Ennis opts in, I would you know, depending on who we draft, I would just i you know, I, I wouldn't feel um I wouldn't be upset if we didn't retain him. Uh, I think James Ennis and Wessel Wendu kind of are redundant. James Ennis has a player option for $2 million, um, and James Ennis is a more respected uh, and, and a bit more consistent three-point shooter. I will say this, though. Um, Wessel Wendu, when he gets consistent minutes, um, he plays consistently. His shot gets more consistent. Um, he doesn't do well shot-wise, Uh, if he's only coming, you know, he's always kind of been like our 11th man on the roster unless injuries are happening. And he, when he's only coming in for a game or two here and there, it's hard for him to get his offensive rhythm going. But when you see him come in for like a 10 game stretch and he's replaced, um, you know, Evan Fournier or, you know, playing at the small forward spot or something like that. Um, you know, you see him start, oh wow, he went five games in a row and hit the three for 35%. Like that's phenomenal. Um, and place like place smart defense. So um, I like him. It'd be awesome to see him back. But if he doesn't, I'm not going to really sleep over it. If mm. you know, especially if James Ennis is still on the team. Um, you know, they're very similar players. Um, not franchise moving players, but like you know, good rotational players for sure. Do you like him? Do you want him on the Knicks?
1: I Chip, do. Chip yeah.
2: loves him. Yeah, hey. <laughs> Chip loves
0: Chip I, loves Every
2: less. every team needs a guy like James Ennis and Weslender, right? Um, you know, a good, smart defender who knows their, this is what I like about both these players. And I kind of, I talk about them a lot cause they're very similar. They both know their pocket within the team, right? You're not going to see them over dribble too much. You're not going to see them hold, you know, um, make the wrong play. Um, you know, they, they know like, okay, if I have the open shot, I'm going to take it. Um, rarely do they force things up too too much, which is nice. Um, Weston Woods got, uh, you know, he's he's pretty nice this year. You know, he he'll, he's got some nice attacks uh, when he's driving to the to the basket. He can get to the foul line, which is really nice. Um, the Magic don't get to the foul line as much as I'd like them to, and he's one of the guys that can get there fairly regularly, which is nice. Um, yeah, he would he a lot of teams. He would look really nice on, uh, and he would look nice in a Magic uniform, but he'd also look nice in the Knicks uniform too.
0: I think it'd be
1: nice if he could hit the, sorry, Jeff. I was just going to say, it'd be nice if he could hit the three more consistently. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But but
2: again, I think that comes with role. Like if he went to the Knicks and I think that's going to be, Oh, we have a team option, I think for him this year. Um, But I think that is, is a, or no, he's a restricted free agent. I think that's what he's
1: restricted. Yeah.
2: So I, you know, if he could go to a team, and if that team was the magic rate, I just don't think it is. I think we have too many players uh, in that area that he's going to be playing behind. But if you go to a team where he's literally even just playing, you know, 18 minutes a night in the second unit, I don't see why he couldn't be a 35% three-point shooter. He's shown that consistency enough during large stretches of time. Um, but it's just like when he's in and out, which is most of the time, where he's like, you know, a game here and there, or, and then he'll go like two weeks and not even see the court. Um that, that's just kind of how the magic used him. It just it doesn't allow him to get this
0: flow, which is which is unfortunate. I think um with the the core group of young players that you guys have, I forget exactly where they were ranked, but I know um Sam, uh I, I never forget how to pronounce it, but Vesany or Vesini of, of the yeah, Athletic he'd ranked I think it's Yeah. He he, he, had, yeah, he, he had ranked the Magic's core um I think, I think pretty middle of the pack in terms of um, guys that they have under 25 uh, locked up for multiple years. But you'll, you'll have a chance to add to that core um, with this, this draft coming up. And I know you mentioned um, you know some of the guys for the, the website doing some research and, and talking about draft prospects. Are there any names that you're kind of focusing in on uh, in terms of who, who you might be looking at. I know it's a long ways away, but when we get to November and the draft yeah, finally happens.
2: For, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, so, yeah, the draft's going to be interesting. Um, one, there is there is some speculation that we might not even, like, we might trade our draft pick. Like, hypothetically speaking, there is that Aaron Gordon trade that gets us back someone that's a game changer or something like that. We need to attach a pick to it to to get a better return. We could see that happen this year, potentially. Um, so there is that kind of, like, that floating around. But assuming we use the draft pick, I'm looking at uh, spots one through three, right? I like Markel Foltz, but his I, I am of one of the few Magic fans that still really, really quite, probably – Fits more in line with the rest of the league that I still really question how true his three can be. Now, granted, he shot the three really nicely in the in the playoffs. I think he, I think he was shooting like three uh, attempts per game and was hitting him at um, like thirty eight percent. So, like really nice. But his season, he shot twenty nine percent. Right. Him and everybody
1: else shot the three well in the bubble. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone
2: shooting nicely in the bubble.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, but, but for a guy that has had the question about his three, like, that's awesome. Um, yeah. You know, so I'm, I'm – and, and he was willing to take it, and that's kind of what you want to see. But I'm still like, if the right point guard's available, go ahead and let's let's draft that point guard. But if not, I'm looking at, you know, two threes um, or just combo guards in general. Um, so a couple of guys I like, the uh, uh, Kyra Lewis Jr. I like oh, him. yeah. Oh, He's fun. I think he him. can bring a lot to the team. Yeah. Um, Tyrese Maxey, he's a guy in that, around that you know middle of the pack range that I think could could help us out a lot. Um, you know, I think a guy that um, less of a less of a ceiling, but probably a pretty high high floor. Like you know, he's not going to probably be a bust. He just might not be the most uh, versatile. Like highest potential pick would be a uh, uh, Naismith. Um, oh, Aaron Naismith. Sp- 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 yeah, yeah, Aaron. Thank you on the first name. Yeah. Um, You know, he's a great shooter. We need shooting. Oh, yeah. Um, You know, if someone like Cole Anthony drops to us, that would be a phenomenal pickup. Um, Those are, like, some of the names floating around Magic. I'm not, like, a super – like, we have guys that are hardcore, like, draft junkies and some, like, great Magic draft chats, but I am not the biggest draft guy, so I can't give you, like, a great player breakdown on some of these guys. But those are a lot of the names that are floating around uh, the Magic uh, Twitter uh, world as far as, like, Magic draft. Um, is it Ryler? Um, oh, Grant
0: Riller? Um, oh, no. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so
2: he has come up big uh, for a lot of people for the Magic to target in the last, I would say, last month. Um, that name has has really sparked a lot of interest with what he could potentially bring to the table. Yeah. Um, there's a little bit of rumor that we might try and trade up, um, trade up in the draft and possibly go after um, Killian Hayes. OK, uh, he's already there's already been confirmed interview that him and the Magic have had. Um, he's been training in Orlando for like the last couple of months. So there's a, like that's like the unofficial rumor between like Magic draft Twitter. Yeah. Um, is that if we are going to jump up in the draft, he would be someone we might target. Um, but, you know, I I don't know how real that rumor or speculation is. That's just kind of like the, the floating, you know if that that's something we might
0: target for a, for a big jump. Yeah, I think all of those names are really interesting. A, a funny a, a guy that you mentioned that like I was a little bit lower on and and then I I started reading some um there was a guy of, I, I forget his full name but uh for fan and he wrote a really really great article on on shooting and how to evaluate that at the college level. And Maxie was a guy that was mentioned as somebody who like because the the hardest thing to do when it comes to evaluating these prospects is like yeah it's easy to look at the guy who shot forty five percent in college and say you know just sign him up he's going to produce that in in um, in the NBA but what does happen because spacing does open up at the pro level on, on some you know for the most part is that the guy who maybe shot thirty three percent or thirty percent now can you project uh, that type of improvement, what they're going to do at the pro level. Maxi was a guy that, because he shot, his free throw percentage was fairly decent, and his touch on floaters uh, was pretty good. And he was saying that, you know, because the biggest indicator he was trying to say is volume, more than more than three point right. percentage in general. Uh, so Maxie was a guy that, and and even in in kind of like Nick's chat circles, his name has kind of risen a little bit too. So that might be a guy that, that um jumps up there. I'm, I And Riller, man, I, I, Riller is like, it's funny pre COVID. I think he was a, a, a lock second round pick, someone that no yeah. one really knew about. And now, you know, I know I, I've read some really well-known analysts that have him in the lottery. Like, yeah. like there's yeah. some people who really think this guy is, from like a break you off the dribble, finish at the rim, shot creation type guy like special elite. So I I think it's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out. Um but the you know the magic man I I do like their young core. I, I know uh Chip does too. Um I'm trying to think as we kind of get towards the end here. I have some fun ones just to ask you at the end, but totally, for sure. Um this yeah, might Chumo be...
2: Okiku come in I wanna add a little bit to the because yeah, it's not absolutely. really the draft, but like this young like future of the young core is a lot of people forget we drafted Chumo O'Kiki. He was that like combo forward from Auburn last year that tore his ACL um, in the Sweet Sixteen. And he's someone we're all really looking forward to. Um, because um one is he, he is a good shooter. He did shoot from college on on uh, at 38 percent from three two years in a row which is like shooting I've, I've, I've mentioned that this a lot in our conversation already this evening is is something that the magic like our biggest fail like the reason why we didn't win another game uh in the playoffs was because we didn't hit open shots yeah. right and this is a kind of guy that who makes smart passes um I, again an, another player that seems to who's gonna come in and know his role right he, he probably not going to be that takeover guy that's going to come over and, and get you 20 points a game, but, you know, probably going to hit the open three when he gets the ball, going to make the right pass, play hard defense, and, and he's got some nice cutting skills too. So um, I think bringing him in, using pick 15 well, and we didn't hit on anyone in the last, like, like Wes Awundu is really our only second round pick with this new front office for the last three years that, that has really hit the second round. Um, so we're, we're kind of feeling like we're due for like, at least someone in the second round. So if we could get a high floor, low ceiling guy in the second round, that's just like a, like a solid shooter. I don't know anyone in the second round, but like just someone that's like, okay, this guy's probably not going to be good defense, but like maybe he can hit open three every now and then, like, let's, let's go after that. Um, you know, I, I think if we can do well with pick 15, Chumo Kiki is solid. And, like, even if that alone was just that, like, that's a great offseason for us, you know. Healthy Aminu coming in. Um, you hope that maybe you can get a, a good asset or a nice, a nice trade with an Evan Fournier opt-in, and then you trade him to another team, get some kind of solid return on that. Healthy Aminu, see how he can... Bring back his value after a hurt season. Draft well at fifteen. Bring in Chumo Kiki, who looks good and can contribute. Um, you know, Aaron Gordon fits better at the four, so maybe he's playing better. Markel Fultz has taken the next step in his game and playing a bit more consistently and taking more control over the offense. Um, you know, I, I, and, and Mo Bamba, you know, put you know, playing eighteen minutes a, a night, not looking confused on you know where he's supposed to be i don't like so it can be a, a phenomenal finished product but like you know conditioning i don't want to question his motor or conditioning right. anymore and um you know I, I he doesn't need to be the best player on the second unit but it, he needs to be like playing solid um and and like I, I think those are like low expectations but reason like reasonable reaches for this team to hit for them to whether they're kind of doing a weird reset not they're not going to tank that's just not this front office's mo yeah but if they're doing like a weird kind of soft soft rebuild soft reset um and they can hit some of those basic smaller margins i was talking about um that'd be awesome like i don't expect mark off folks to come in you know hit 35 percent from three and be scoring 20 points a game and seven assists like that's just i don't expect that but if he could do you know, solid 14, 15 points a game, hitting 32, 33% from three on, like, you know, taking three to four attempts a game. Um, Some of those, like, these lower marginal aspects, I I think that would be, like, a really solid, like, next year for, you know, for us as a team, um, as the East gets stronger and our prime superstar in Jonathan Isaac, it's a, a recovery year.
0: I think – and honestly, I respect that um, philosophy, kind of not fully – I mean it depends on where you are, but not fully embracing that tank because I – you know, if you look at the teams that are in the playoffs right now, um, you know, I I don't know that we could say that a large percentage of those teams just hung in the cellar of the NBA standings trying to accumulate top lottery picks year after year. Like, you know, there's something to be said for a team that, okay, I'm going to trust my scouting department we're going to get a good, we're going to find something good at 20, you know, even in weak draft classes, as supposedly this one is, there's going to be a player as there is every year in the second round and the first round that it's like, how did he drop? Where, you know, who went totally. wrong here? So, um, I mean, I think, I, I think that's a, that's definitely a good way to go for sure.
2: I mean, we can look at Denver as a small market team right. that hasn't really tanked, you know, Jokic was a second round pick. Uh. They had like Malik Beasley and stuff like uh, the Gomez brother, um, and a few Wancho, other players. Yeah. And those were all like middle of the round picks. Um, you know, Murray. I think he was pick seven. I think yeah. he was pick seven and a uh, Denver fan can correct me or a draft junkie can correct me, but I feel like that wasn't even their pick. I feel like that was like a pick
0: that uh, got it betrayed. was a pick. Yeah, was Knicks, it okay? It was Knicks, so yeah. yeah, it wasn't even their
2: pick. So like like I understand the the, the the idea of wanting to just embrace the tank and really go for it, but like, rarely does it work uh, like how you want it to. Right. and then you just get stuck in that like really horrible bottom tier of the league for probably a couple too many years than you want to. Um, you know, like everyone like, well, you can use Atlanta as an example. They got Trey Young, awesome. I really wanted the Magic to draft them. But they, he, they, they tried to trade for him. Um, they were involved in like the Luca trade, trade, but they just got outbid. Yeah. Um, or they like, they like, yeah, Maverick's pick was a little better or I, I don't remember exactly, but, but like that team, Trey's awesome. They have a couple other like nice players, but like, I don't think that team's going to be very good next year, you know, unless they yeah. make some major off season moves, like they might have a nice offense, but that team can't defend worth anything.
0: No, they can't.
2: Um, so, you know, like I don't really expect them to be that much better next season. Um, you know, like look at the Suns. How many years did it take them to look halfway decent? And even this year, like they had some nice moments. The bubble was awesome for them, but you know, next year should be better. Their roster finally is starting to look balanced, but it took them like seven years to get to that level.
0: But the funny um, thing is, too, is it, it? I you know, how much of their improvement might even be towards just finding the right coach finally, and Monty Williams, right? Like yeah. it's not necessarily Same. just tanking all of these years like you finally found a leader and someone who develops players and someone that can reach the players yeah. and then you know you started to see results
1: and you make the and right they still too. missed on the number one overall pick and they yeah. still got there <laughs>
0: right
2: making the right trades missing you know it, it's, it's all about making the right trades and signing the right free agents. even if you can't um and when you have a draft pick hitting on that draft pick Right. I mean there's so many ways to build a team. Yes, you can tank and you can get that guy that really changes your franchise and it work really well like the 76ers. It you we can't deny it did not work. I mean they had some bad picks in there too, but like, you know, they have two superstars. So, you know, there's definitely ways it does work, but man, you know, you just never know with the lottery. You know, there were years like the year that the Kings drafted deer and fox they had a worse they had a better record than the magic that year and they jumped us so i think they were seven we were picked five or something like that yeah or, or and yeah, they and they jumped us and then we got pushed to pick six which i mean we drafted jonathan isaac so i'm fine with that but like it's just you know you just never know you just never know what's gonna happen so um yeah that's gonna be interesting for sure i'm excited for the draft i really am i'm uh, we're getting ready to do another mock draft here on our site um, in a few, probably the next couple of weeks, as things are starting to wrap up in the playoffs. So I'm pretty stoked about
0: that. I uh, it's it's just so funny. This is completely uh, separate and not related, but I I, I, I got to find a way to clip out the video where you're asking like, oh yeah, like Jamal Murray, like I don't even think that was their pick, right? And Chip just resigned to himself, <laughs> and he's like, it, it was it was our pick. It was our pick. Like, <laughs> oh yeah. Probably the best part about the pot. I, I mean, I, 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 I thought that was hilarious. Uh,
2: I'll tell you a pick that the magic blew, okay? We picked Mario Hazonia at five a few years
0: ago. And,
2: uh, and Devin Booker wanted to be drafted by Orlando that year. Oh, so wow. that that that's a clear one that we – we, we messed up on. You
0: know? Mar- Mario so. Hizonia out here politicking on Twitter for David Fisdale to be the <laughs> Rockets head coach was not something I thought I'd see, but 2020, I mean, what do you what do you want, you know? Oh,
2: man, crazy, um, crazy. Bef- I hope he finds a spot in this league, but it's, uh, it's
0: I don't know. Yeah. He seems like a
1: good guy. Yeah, but yes. yeah, it's, definitely, yeah, yeah, for sure. A couple things aren't clicking
0: for him now. Yeah. Yeah. Um Stephen before we get you out of here uh two things I wanted to ask you real quick sure. favorite magic I got you favorite magic player of all time favorite magic memory of all time
2: Okay cool um favorite magic memories are just like I don't think I have a specific one um you know obviously I could say like watching the finals uh in 2009 that would be an easy pick but I'm going to go a little more sentimental is just like being in empty stands during the T-Mac years and yelling at the court from the second tier when it's so like low volume of crowd noise that the players would actually sometimes turn and look at me cuz wow. I was like like a you know little 12-year-old kid um so that was that was fun uh I really enjoyed going to basketball games with my dad yeah um, you know and as I get old, as I got older and understood a little bit more where we were financially as a family like it just meant so much, like, it kind of just means so much more, like, oh yeah, that was like my dad, like, you know, we didn't, we didn't, we weren't doing well financially back then, so it was like, it was like his way of just being able to feel like he's doing something awesome with his son, so like, I just, I like, I cherish those moments, I was just in Florida recently, and I was looking at some of my old ticket stubs, and those just like made me smile like crazy, Yeah. Um, and it was just like, it was really fun seeing stuff from like 2000, 2001, and just like, yeah, I, I, I remember those um you know i met a couple players back in the day those are those are fun but um yeah just hanging out with my dad going to magic games it's like my best moment um as far as a fan uh i will say um you know media wise best moment was when you know i got to go and cover my first magic game this uh this year that was really fun as a credentialed media member that was super fun um my team had been able to go and cover more games and like media day and preseason uh long before i even was in orlando because i gotta be like i got a couple really strong uh contributors to our site that um are based in orlando that got to go cover that stuff but i got to do it myself um this year which was really fun um then best favorite magic player oh man this is a hard one um i'm gonna say dwight howard
0: okay for sure Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's, it's easy to want to hate on the guy after like how he kind of left the franchise, but he also brought me like my most memorable winning aspect of the league. Um, You know, Shaq and Penny, I was really like still pretty young to kind of understand what was going on and how good we were. And I kind of caught the tail end of that. T-Mac was super fun to watch, uh, but he, you know, we, we weren't a good team and, you know, Grant Hill was injured all those years um and Dwight Howard yeah just dominated the league you know we were on national television all the time and you know people loved us we loved you know the NBA we were like a threat to everyone and that was just phenomenal and I can't wait to be you know just a a, a team that is respected again and that that can beat any team in the league maybe we're not a title contender but have that like talent that's like scary to other teams um so yeah Dwight Howard man he and, and, yeah, he seemed to kind of find his role this year, which I'm, I'm kind of happy for him in that aspect. So, uh, yeah, Dwight's my dude. But, though, my only magic jersey – I have two jerseys. I'm not a big jersey guy, but I have two jerseys. Uh, a Penny Hardway jersey. Penny's like the OG. I love Penny. Absolutely. Um, if he's – I almost picked him as my number one for this answer, but uh, I picked Dwight over that. And then uh, I have a J.J. regic uh, J.J. Reddick, Clippers. J.J. Jersey. Nice. <laughs> so, yeah, I got the Clippers jersey that my friend gave me, so that was, uh, that's fun. Those are my two Magic jerseys. Oh, I have a Vince Carter Magic jersey, too. Actually, oh, there you sorry, go. I forgot about that one. Uh, short-lived Vince Carter in the Magic era. Uh, but, man, it's fun. Like, I could go down that 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 list and just say, like, you know, Matt Barnes, he's a Magic player that, like, sticks out to me during those, like, he was on our team in 2010 and 11. Like, he was just he just had that like aggressiveness to him. He's not like a favorite,
0: but like one of those under like guys I really appreciate. Rashad Lewis is another one, but yeah, Dwight
2: Howard. Sorry, I just went on a rant there, but yeah, no, no, no worries at uh, all. Uh, j- listen, who
0: are your favorite Magic players? Uh, can I flip it on you guys? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Um, you know, Jameer Nelson. Uh, I, I I I liked him a lot. Yeah. Um. God, you know who guy. who is who is on um. I I I don't want to butcher the name. I, he's not like my favorite, but he sticks out to me in some of those playoff series. Um, Mikael Pietrus, oh, right? Yeah, Mikhail, oh, Pietras. yeah, McAl Pietrus. Yeah,
2: Pietrus. I can't even say his name right. Pietrus, Pietrus. Yeah, no, Pietrus. But uh, yeah, definitely, he was
0: awesome. And honestly, man, you know, kind of resurrect. I think he resurrected his career with Orlando. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Rashard Lewis, right? I mean, oh like he, yeah, absolutely. Sweet um, Lou, he
1: was awesome. He was a great. He had some big shots for us, man. Big shots.
0: Chip, what about 19.
1: you? JJ Reddick's been one of my favorite players for like, since he was in college. Yeah. So it's JJ Reddick. I just am a huge JJ Reddick fan. And Who, every uh, every
2: J- Magic yeah. fan has a crush on that guy. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, Male or female, <laughs> you like JJ Reddick. It doesn't help that his podcast is unbelievable. Yeah.
0: He's great. What was he? He's and great. also there's one Magic player that I used to love uh, from back in the day. Obviously I was a big Penny fan, but... Who is the guy that was like a, a stretch forward for them Nick what I, why am I Nick blanched? Anderson? Oh yes Nick Anderson. Yeah! How do I forget Nick Anderson's name? I love Nick Anderson growing up it, it's oh, awesome. He was the man. Um, yeah. Well listen, Steven, this has been awesome man like really great conversation. I legit feel like I know a ton more about the Orlando magic now. Uh, we have you to thank for that uh, before we let you go if you could please you know let the people listening know where they can find you on Twitter. Um, if you're working on anything now, if you want to promote that, you know, please do.
2: Yeah, sure. Um, so you can find, I have to do this every time. You can find me on Twitter at Stephen, S T E P H E N, 0610. That's my personal one. Or you can just go to our, uh, the Close Up Magic, at the Close Up Magic. Um, Twitter handle that that you'll find me on either one of those pages um, oftentimes retweeting the other one. So it's pretty easy to locate me there. Um, hit me up on Twitter, too. I am very active and I will always chat back with just about anyone. My DMs are always open. and I'll, I love talking basketball. So. Um, always hit me up there. I have a Instagram for the closeup magic, but I never use it. So don't look me up there. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, our, our website is also the dot uh, So you can go there and check out our articles or podcasts, um, as, as well. And, um, yeah, so coming up work, we're, we're going to be doing another mock draft in the next couple of weeks. And podcast-wise, I'm starting to put together our, uh, our season review and, uh, as one episode, and then we're going to come in to start talking about the off-season plan. So season review will probably happen in the next week or two, um, depending on how quickly I can get our guests lined up. And then, um, yeah, and we're going to just start focusing full off-season. Um, and until then, you can catch me watching all the
0: playoff games. Yes, uh, as you, yeah. th- that's where you can catch me and Chip as well. Um, but listen, man, once again – a great combo, and anything that happens in uh, Magic Land from here on going forward. I'm sure Chip feels the same way, but we will be reaching out to you for sure. Definitely. I would love to have you back on the show again, man. Um,
2: I would love to be back on. You guys were a lot of fun to talk to. It's super easy, and I enjoyed our conversation. It would be awesome to do this again.
0: Very cool. Awesome, man. Uh, Well, like I said, thanks again. And to anybody else listening out there, we will be back later in the week with another show. Until then, we hope everybody is staying safe.